When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Uh, Happy Thursday, everybody. A weird off day Thursday here at the Giants facility. And welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. Schmelk Casillas with you, the normal Thursday crew. We'll open the lines. We'll get to your calls early and often at 201-939-4513. I know fans are like, boy, we need something new to talk about. We haven't had a game in about 12 days, whatever the hell it's been. But we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about, and John and I will get into some maybe some small stuff, some big picture stuff as we move along right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. JC, how was your bye week, man? It was good. Yeah, What'd it was, you do? It was real good. I was hanging out with the kiddo. I was going to bounce and try to go somewhere because, you know, I'm kind of like tied to the giant schedule. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually you buy what you try to do something. You yeah, know? Uh-huh. I wasn't going to go to Cabo. You know, I wasn't going <laughs> to do any sightseeing tours. <laughs> well, you could have resist yourself, couldn't you, dude? <laughs> right away. Hey, but look, I had a good time here. You know, I was with my with, with my kiddo the whole time. And, you nice. know, we, we, we hanging out. And it's always good to hang out with the kid, man. She's my best friend. How you old know? is she? She's 11. Oh, oh, yeah. wow, 11 was, going on 16. Oh, <laughs> I do not look forward to the teenage years oh, of my five-year-old. Man, it's I mean, not. she's 11, but she's a teenager for sure already. You know, she told me she was a tween at nine. I'm like, you're not a tween. And then she looked it up. I am a tween. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So now why? she's a full-on teenager at 11. I'm freaking like, oh, my gosh. And you're like, why did I show you how to look stuff up on your phone? <laughs> <laughs> she know how to work this phone better than me, man. <laughs> no question. All right. Let's get to it, folks. Again, 201-939-4513. Jonathan, let's start here. What are you thinking? Final nine games, big picture Giants, before we get into the Texans specifically. Keys for the Giants second half of the year. Things you're excited about, worried about. Whatever's on your mind with with Big Blue, throw it at me. We're going to see what type of team the Giants really are. You know, um, rested after the bye. You know, one guy goes down during the bye week, which is never good. But, you know, you're getting some guys back. You know, you're getting some pieces back. Uh, Galladay's back, you know. He's been practicing, and we'll see what he's all about. And, you know, the Texans aren't 
the most dominating team on the schedule, of course. You know, they're actually probably the worst scheduled team right Second now. Second lowest point differential but in the league, minus 40, they, I think. But it was like very it. competitive last Thursday against uh, the Eagles, yeah. you know, especially early in the game. They've actually played some pretty close games. They have a very strong running back, which I'm sure we're going to get Ooh, into. He's fun to watch, Yeah, too, he is. He's a, he's a beast. Um, you know, and, and, and then, you know, this, the schedule, you know, starts to kind of get into the meat oh, yeah. of the schedule, you know, in like two, three weeks. Four straight division games, and, bro. And we're really going to see what the Giants are all about. So what I'm looking to see this week is improvement. How, what are they improving? And, and then also, can they adjust after a team adjusts to them? You know, I think uh, uh, Seattle did a great job defensively against the New York Giants a couple weeks ago. And we didn't see the Giants adjust as well as they should have to be competitive and actually push you know the tech, uh, the the Seahawks at the end of the game stay competitive and try to push them in the end of the game like they've been in every single win that they had this season and we're going to see what happens against the, the Texans this week because look the Texans are I think they have confidence coming off of this tough loss to the best team in the league possibly in the Philadelphia Eagles and nobody wants to keep losing you know and I think they see an opportunity you know to come into New Jersey and beat the New York Giants because I think they see holes because there are holes in the New York Giants. And let's see if they can patch those holes up. Let's see if they can correct them. And let's see who's going to step up because offensively, a lot of people need to step up. In the linebacker room, a lot of people need to step up. And then also in the safety position, with McKinney going down, maybe they move Love over. I think that's exactly what they're doing, moving Love over. Love is very capable to play probably any position on the field. And I think he's capable to call the defense, which is what Xavier McKinney was doing. And then now we need to see who else steps up in Love's absence at his position. No question about it. Just to give fans an idea, and I guess we get to the Texans first before we do big picture stuff. They tied the Colts 2020, lost by seven to the Broncos, lost by three to the Bears, lost by 10 to the Chargers, beat the Jaguars by seven, lost to the Raiders by 18, lost to the Titans by seven, and lost to the Eagles by 12. So they're in all these games. Yep. And they kind of, Jonathan, are playing like the Giants play, yep. right? Run. Don't ask the quarterback to do too much. Couple shots down the field. Now, Controversy at wide receiver. Yeah. yeah <laughs> fair point. Though it looks like Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins are both going to play this week. Which you you'll... sure? Because I was listening to some Texans radio, man, and it don't look like he's on board. I Cooks, thought so, means. too, but... There was a tweet from a Texans beat reporter this morning. Brandon Cooks was on the practice field today. Right, but he, I, I heard he only did the like the flex period. Mm. Okay, well he was running routes. Because I was trying indiv- to figure him out. He was you know? running routes an individual this morning. So okay. I, now maybe he's not going to do team stuff. I have no idea. So we'll wait and see. But yes, that would be a big deal if he can't go. No question. Now their defense isn't nearly as good as the Giants' defense has been this year. So I think that to me is is the difference. But I would expect this again to be a, a you know seven ten point game heading into the you know fourth quarter, and then whichever quarterback makes a couple plays or makes a couple mistakes, mistakes. is probably yep. the team that's going to win. I'm agree. I'm a full agreement with that. You know, I think uh, you look at both teams. There's a lot of similarities, especially on the offensive side of the ball, like you just named. And like we've been good. The Giants have been good because of Daniel Jones not turning the ball over, not doing certain things, and allowing the offense to to, to go and Mike Kafka to, to kind of you know handle and manage him. And also Saquon Barkley, who is one of the better running backs, if not the best running back in the league. And 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 then you stay competitive for four quarters, and then you give a chance to your players to win the game. And that's what the Giants have been doing. That's their philosophy. It didn't work last week against Seattle, but that's their philosophy. And they haven't – the Texans haven't adopted that quite yet. They're not there yet. They're not a team who is underdogs in every game and winning those games like the Giants have been. 
But they are underdog this week. Giants are favored. I believe this, this is week. the first game all year the right. Giants have been favored except for the Bears game. I the believe Bears that, game? I believe the Giants were favored over the Bears in week three. And I'm I know look, I know the players week four, the sorry. players don't pay attention to that, but what they do understand is if you feel like you can beat a team. Right. Or if you feel like you're better than a team. And going into most of these games, there's always questions. There's always like, oh, it's gonna be a good game. I don't know how it's gonna turn out. You know, I but this game, some of the guys might be looking at this game like, oh, Texans, one win? You know, maybe they're overlooking them. That's always a possibility. I don't think the Giants are any place to be overlooking anybody, especially coming off a loss and a handed loss at that where they wasn't competitive at the end of the game like the first seven games were. Yep. Right? So I don't think they're in position, but it happens. You know, it definitely happens. And hopefully they, they, they came back off this bye week. And they got good coaches here. I just talked. I just saw Joe Shane. I talked to him, and you know he has a confidence in him, and he's perfect for New York. He's yeah. perfect for New Jersey, and you know people are hard nosed people here, and the team is like that. The team are a whole bunch of fighters, you know, and a whole bunch of competitors. And if you can keep this game close, the Giants have always given themselves a chance to win every single game this year. Yeah. The other thing, the only thing, other thing I'll say about this game, real quick, and we can get into it more if the fans want to, obviously. But this is ready made for the Giants a little bit. Texans have the worst rush defense in football. Yeah. And unlike Seattle, who I think were 29th or whatever they were heading into that game, they had played better the prior couple of weeks. Right. The Texans are not playing better no, the prior not. couple yeah, of weeks against the run. Mm-hmm. So they're very vulnerable. I mean, you you know Lovey Smith. He wants to play that cover two. He wants to have the two safeties deep, and he's going to challenge his front to stop the run. Well, his front ain't stopping the run. Yep. So we'll see if against the Giants here, are they going to say, all right, maybe we got to bring a guy up a little bit more. We'll see if they copy with the Seahawks, if they take away the boot game with Daniel Jones. We got to see how they decide to play this Houston, but if they play the Giants like they've played the last few teams they've played, this could be a big, big, big Saquon Barkley game. Yeah, and and if they do run that Tampa cover two, then expect big Saquon because Tampa, like the the Tampa cover two, traditionally is like literally a bend but don't break defense, right? Mm-hmm. You you have a light box, you have two safeties deep to protect against deep plays, right? Deep deep throws, you got an extra basically two guys back there protected and monitoring the back of the field, but it has a lighter box, right? So you allow for some rushing yards to happen. I play for Lovey down in Tampa. Oh, when, you did? Okay. Yeah, so I have definitely have experience with him and, and right away the first thing that he taught was how to get the ball out. And he'll literally have a he has a ball attached to some type of metal contraption in every meeting room, in the defensive meeting room, really? where you got to hit it or punch it on the way in and out. He talked about Peanut Tillman so much in Tampa because of how he got the ball out. But that's part of the t- the Tampa defense. It's like, yeah, you're going to allow some run plays. Yeah, you're going to allow the underneath pass plays. How you get that back is, first of all, you tackle those plays for no, no gains, but then also you get the ball out. You force turnovers. So if the Giants can do a job – protecting the football and run and have the check downs and catch the passes and create yards after the catch, we can dominate this team. Yeah. But pop a ball out here and there, drop a pass here and there, which the Giants haven't been the best-handed team in the league, you know, but they haven't. We ha- the Giants haven't turned the ball over. So that's kind of like when you think about a Tampa 2 defense, that's kind of what goes into it. It's the, literally the bend but don't break defense. And then every now and again, you know, you pop a ball out. All of a sudden, you get, you know, you want the ball's in your hands, time possessions in your hands, you steal a possession, and all of a sudden things start to work in your favor. Other team has to pass the ball. Perfect. That's cover two. And we got good pass rushers, which 
I don't really know if they have good pass rushers. Jerry Hughes is a timeless wonder, of course. Dude, he's still playing well. It's unbelievable. I know. It's, it's insane what he's doing. Him and Houston uh, over there. Yeah, Justin Houston. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Like, it's like, man, these guys are over the edge, over the hill, but still he, very Justin strong Houston? contributors. Jacksonville or Baltimore? I'm trying to remember. Baltimore. Baltimore. No. No, or Jacksonville. Wait, where? Chiefs. Giants just played them. No, no, he was with the Chiefs. He left the Chiefs. So he's in Baltimore. He was in Baltimore. Then. <sighs> yeah. Nah. I'm not. I just seen him recently, either. and I was like, man, he's still it playing. Was, it was either it was one of those two teams. <laughs> I watched I too much football, Schmelke. Oh yeah. Well, no, you know what? No, it's not Jacksonville. Jacksonville was Allen and Walker. Yeah. Houston was not there. So you're right. It must have been Baltimore. 100. percent All right, folks. Don't forget to subscribe to the Giants Huddle Podcast. The podcast features a rapid reaction right after each game with one of our analysts. This week it'll be Paul Dottino and Howard Cross. An episode midweek featuring an interview with a national analyst. This week it was NFL Network's Brian Baldinger. And then a game preview featuring a long-form interview with a current Giants player. This week it will be Jalen Smith. That goes up tomorrow. An exclusive sit-down interview with Bob Pop and Coach Brian Dable. And an opponent preview of this week's opponent. It's going to be um, the Texans this week, obviously. So search for the Giants Huddle Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or listen on the Giants app or Giants.com slash podcast. And we're also going to start for the rest of the year a once-a-week Papa's Perspective Giants Huddle Podcast this week. It's uh, Bob with one of your former teammates, Rashad Jennings, Mr. Casillas, talking about a big game Shad had against the Texans back in 2014. He rushed for, I think, for 167 in that game. That was the last time the Giants hosted the Texans here in uh, New Jersey. Rashad Jennings, yeah. huh? One of the weirdest guys ever, <laughs> for real. The guy played with no socks on. He had his own squat bar. Wait, 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 wait. time out. He didn't play with no socks. socks on? No socks. I wish I knew. I, I, thought... I, I would have had Bob ask him about that. I want to get it back <laughs> on. I want to do a whole podcast on that. Which was like, wow. No socks? Like, how is it even possible you play with no socks My on? My ankles would get torn to ribbons. <laughs> nothing. Oh, nothing. No ankle no tape. tape? Nothing. Literally, he have his bare ankles out. You, you probably go pull some film up or some pictures of him. No, no socks. I've on. heard some weird stuff, dude. That's yeah, yeah. pretty weird. Nah, tremendous, tremendous player though. Very um, a good dude. Very yeah, good. Very dude. committed. Very devoted to the game of football. Very devoted to his body and taking care of himself. And he had a pretty good career. You know, he had a pretty good career. Mm-hmm. He did good things for the Giants too when I was when I was here. No question about it. Now he's doing TV stuff. He's doing all dancing the, stuff. Like he was doing that, like finishing in the NFL, dance with the stars. He won that. If I'm not he, mistaken, I believe he did. Brought the trophy in and there. and in fact, he tells a funny story on the Giants Little Podcast with Bob of how he got on Dancing with yeah, the Stars. I gotta check so that make out. sure you guys go check yeah, that yeah, out. Yeah, I like Papa too. So I nah, love listening. They're to awesome. Papa. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right. So let's get to the phones, guys. 201-939-4513. Let's start off with Mike in Virginia with some big-picture thoughts on the New York football giants. Mike, what's up? JC and John, what's going on, fellas? What up? What's going um, on, baby? I, I, I'm, hey, I'm happy that uh, we're in the position we're in. It's been a long time. Um, I'm also happy that we, we're, we're getting healthy. I'm, know, waiting, we're getting players I, back. I'm waiting for a butt, Mike. I sense a butt coming. <laughs> No, no. Um. Well, <laughs> um. It, the butt is is um Galladay. It's like Galladay to me. It just it just don't seem like he's he's fitting the the, the scheme correctly. He they say he's a fifty fifth ball catcher, right? And it doesn't seem like him and Jones are on page with that. Like Jones seems more 
pinpoint accurate and just doesn't seem like he's able to throw in the area more than to the person. Like, Eli could throw it in the area and give somebody a chance like how Flex did. Um, Romo could do it. There's a couple other quarterbacks like Stafford. It just doesn't seem like Jones is that type of quarterback. And it's not a knock. You know, he's just more directly to you, to your hands. But with that being said, that's why I don't think that Gallaudet is the guy for us. I mean, hey, I hope it works out. It just doesn't seem like it is right now. But, hey, I'm glad that he's getting healthy and he can be back on the field and hope he can contribute in some way. Hey, look, Mike, um, I hear you. The I thing do. about it, though, he he's the guy that's here and he's the guy you got. So they're going to have to figure out a way to yeah. make it worse as best they can. And, look, I, I went through this with uh, Detino when we were on on Tuesday. Together. I said, Paul's all excited. I go, Paul, he, here's where I'm at with Gallaudet. He's got to show me. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to anticipate yeah, yeah. he's going to yeah, come out and play really well. Done. He at this point, he's been here long enough for me to believe that you know, 2018 Detroit Lion Kenny Galladay is walking through that door. He's got to show it to me first. He's definitely not that but, guy okay. anymore. But what he could be, he could be a guy that gets the Giants' offense back to. I mean, what they haven't had yet all year. They haven't had a downfield threat a consistent downfield threat. They haven't had uh, somebody that's going to stretch the field, and they really haven't had a receiver that's capable of getting 100 yards, which it's not even close right. this year, right? And look. Yeah, Slayton, I, I think, got to like 70 once or something right. like that. And maybe. he had a good game, yeah, right? Good game, sure. touchdown, mm-hmm. right? And 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 Galladay's very capable of doing that, I think. I, I'm not sure 100% because we haven't seen him on the field. But look, I, I'm so – look, I was so for the Giants – keeping the receivers that they had and not adding no more pieces to that receiving room, which a lot of people were like, we need Odell, we need this guy, we need Cooks, we, know, we need Jerry Judy, all of these people that they were naming. And I'm like, look, we the Giants have guys on their roster that's very talented. And you move a piece off that didn't want to be here, the kid didn't want to be here. You know, I don't care what y'all think of Kadarius Tony. It, it, it he sure, didn't want to be based here. Based on his reaction He got to Kansas City and played right away. It certainly seemed like you didn't know. Yeah, and and I'm not saying Galladay so, doesn't I mean, want to be here, he but go? he wants to play. I know everybody he wants to, to play. Chiefs. Go ahead. He went to the Chiefs and passes the physical with no problem, and he's on the field. Yeah, but that's so, that's mean, what I'm saying. He didn't want to be here, and I'm hoping right. it's not the same for Galladay. Right. And you know, I don't think it is. It seems like he like he seems very earnest. Like yeah. he seems like he really wants to help and contribute to a good team. I think he, he's trying. He wants to do it. He wants to be there. They just got to figure out a way to make it work on the field. Yeah. I think that's where we're at. But, okay, so you said 2018, right? If you look at Gallaudet in 2018, he was high flying. He's jumping up and down for passes. He's diving for passes. And those were the passes that were in the area, not pinpoint. And it's just not happening. Regardless of how long he's been there and when he's on the field, it's, he's running the hitch route. He's running uh, slants, um, the bubble screens, the tunnel screens, and it's just on him. And he, he doesn't get that type of separation. So that that's just what I see. You know, I, again, no, I, hear I you. hope. No, it's it fair. Valid points, no, bro. It's Valid fair. points. It's yep. fair. We're mm-hmm. not arguing with you. It's all good points. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I hope it works out straight up because, hey, man, he's a giant. And, hey, I, I go for anybody that wears blue, man. There you but, go. Uh, I, straight up, man. Uh, 
JC, appreciate everything that you did for the team, man. Straight up, man. Even though it was rough times, appreciate you wearing that, that color, man, putting it out there. No doubt, man. Thanks, Thanks for the call, brother. Hey, remember, he was there in 2016. That was a good year. Yeah, it was a good year. And, good year. And, and look, you know, I've been thinking about this situation with the receiver room for every week. I would say for a long time, literally every week, I think about, you know, who's going to step up. And, and I, I, I think I said it on this show, like, the Giants aren't bringing in receivers. They're not going to bring in a receiver because there's too much money there already. You know, people... Oh, we need to do this. We need to bring this guy in. But, like, they're already paying Galladay. Galladay's the guy. I'm sorry. He's the guy, though. We paid him the money to play, and now he has opportunity to play, so he has to produce. And, and look, he could be the savior for the Giants' offense. He's in the position to do that. He's getting paid to do that. This Literally. is his shot. This is this his is shot. This is his shot. This you know, shot. so I'm going to be opportunistic about it. I'm not opportunistic. <laughs> optimistic? I'm going to be optimistic about it. And you hope Kenny Galladay is opportunistic about it. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so I'm going to be optimistic about it and say he's going to come back and, and surprise people. I, I, you know, I think he's capable of doing that. And, look, Daniel Jones has played well. I think his ball placement has gotten better mm-hmm. from this year uh, You know, compared to last year. And like my man said, he's throwing pinpoint accuracy stuff. Not all the time, but a lot of the passes be on the money and the receivers are not hanging on to the ball sometimes. All right, Pearson, I got um, Pep Hamilton uh, on Twitter here with a video quote from about Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale and Brandon Cook's return. So bring up Prod. I'm just going to play this, and hopefully it's something interesting. Let's listen. <laughs> When you uh, look at some of the things that Wink Martindale tries to do to uh, attack offenses, uh, what are some of the trademarks? What are some things that jump out? A uh, very aggressive style of play. Uh, they do a good job of attacking protections. Uh, to say the least, you know, coach is uh, well respected. It's been around for a long while, and uh, we have our hands full. You know, before Brandon Cook signed up in the trade deadline to now, what, what's been the interaction between you and the conversation leading up to this point through the trade deadline? No, Brandon's a pro, you know. He's a pro, and when it's football time, it's ball time. And uh, he knows how to prepare, and, uh, you know, he'll be ready to go. There you go. He'll be ready to go. You heard it from the OC. So it sounds like he'll be ready to go. So? I got my hands in the air like this. <laughs> I got my hands in the air like, we'll see. You know, so, it is what it is. Well, we'll see if he ends up going or not. 201-939-4513. I just wanted to get that Brandon Cooks thing in there. I wanted to see what he said. because I'm, There's a video. I have no idea what the guy's going to say, but <clears throat> there it is. Pardon me. All right, let's go back to the phones and say what's up to Tim in Charleston. Tim, what's up? Hey, John. JC, good to talk to you again. So uh, I, got a co- I got a quick edit on a couple of things you said there, John, if you don't mind, and and then I got um, an overview and then something specific about this game. So Tim, you don't have editing is... rights. Who gave you <laughs> editing rights? You can't edit me. <laughs> you can have an opinion well, when... on what I said, but you can't edit me. <laughs> well, it's I, I can't have an opinion. You could, you're entitled to your opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. And um, I watched the Bob Pop, the Papa perspective, and it was uh, excellent. But Rashad Jennings ran for 177 yards in that game. Oh, my and God, Tim. We are you actually... seriously nitpicking me on eight freaking yards? <laughs> that, that'll get me to hang actually, up on you real quick, seriously. Like, that's oh, annoying. come on, John. <laughs> come on, John. You want to be right, and I know you want, you want the accuracy. And we were actually favored against Dallas, which was unbelievable. Oh, oh well, yeah, that, well. That, yeah, that's because Cooper Rush was the quarterback. That makes sense. I forgot about that. Good call, Tim. I forgot. See, oh, now, yeah. see, now oh. that, see, now that is a yes, meaningful thing that you should correct me yeah. on. The other <laughs> one is meaningless. 
Well, you know, I just wanted to give Rashad, R- Rashad his props. That's fair all. enough, fair I enough. I just wanted to get full credit. Sounds so, good. Oh, quick overview. The next two games are, I think, like the bellwether for the second half of the season because we got to show that we can beat teams that, I hate to use the word, but we quote-unquote should beat. And, and then go into Dallas 8-2, and two, and, and as long if we're competitive in that game and it's within a score or so in the fourth quarter, I'll, I'll, I'll take whatever we get out of that because the rest of the schedule is tough. But, you know, I mean, I think, I think not only is the next two games important for the future, but I think it's also a confidence booster so this team feels like it's a cut above. Now, to this game particularly, um, one thing is obviously we're going to run the ball a lot. And, and, but I hate to say this, but um, I, uh, uh, these are hard words to get out of my mouth. I agree with Charlie that the Houston's probably going to try to emulate what Seattle did, which is put a spy on Daniel Jones. Now, one of the things I thought about is a way to counter that is getting Wandale Robinson involved in some more of the gadget plays, you know, whether it be a jet sweep or a pitch or, or you know, screens or maybe even a flea flicker, you know, kind of disrupt that spy and, and make them have to adjust to some different things. As no, to Kenny Galladay, that makes sense. As to Kenny Galladay, I agree with Paul. I, I, you know, it's, it's, I, I would like to see them take a couple of shots at him down the field. We'll just say, run, and Jones is going to throw it to you, even if it just stretches out the defense. Come with me, as long as it's not an int. But, but I agree with Paul. If Kenny can get, you know, two or three or maybe four first downs, you know, 12, 15 yard receptions in critical spots, and they don't have to be on third down, let them be on first down, second down, you know, just stretch that defense out, spread them out a little. And I think our running game should dominate. And, um, you know, I just have great hopes for the rest of the season. Keep my fingers crossed, and I'll take your comments off the air. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate the call, man. Um, you know, for me, I don't think this is a Galladay stretch the field game against the cover, two. I think this is a Galladay get in that deep in-cut turkey hole against the cover, get two him deal. Get him a couple right? catches. Right? You know, if they're going to play a lot of zone – he doesn't have to get a lot of separation, mm-hmm. right? He can find those holes and use that big frame. Yeah. So I think that's kind of in that intermediate area. I think yeah. that's kind of where he could be For effective sure. in a game And, and like you want to see if he can catch the football. You know, it's been a while since we've seen him actually do that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you come back, it's been a long time, that ball is a little unfamiliar to you in front of the lights. Yeah, you do it at practice, but in front of the lights, you know, maybe not the lights because it's a 1 o'clock game. I know what you're saying. But, you know, yeah, in front of, of front of the stadium, you know, in front of the fans, you know. The New Jersey, New York faithful, you know, they're going to be out there. And there's nerves that come into that. There's nerves that when you know the ball's coming your way, there's a little bit of nerves in that. And if you haven't done it in a while, you know, it kind of sneaks up on you a little bit. So, look, I'm I'm all in on Galladay, you know, because I want the Giants to do well. And I think he has a lot to do with that because, you know, I think he's a good player. You know, maybe not the player that we, you know, the Giants signed him for back then, but – you know, a very capable player and somebody that can definitely contribute to this team and help this offense. And that's what the the Giants need. Giants need help on offense, you know, especially from that receiver room. Yeah, and, and to Tim's first point where he said he thinks these next two games are going to be a bellwether for the second half. They need to prove they can beat the teams they should. I think the Giants have done a good job of that, right? Like, they should have beat the Bears. They I agree with him, though. They should have beat the cause... Panthers. But, yeah, and, and I think he's right <clears> in this way, though. Can the Giants continue to play the more or less clean football they've played through the first half of the year? Yeah. Right? Not turn the ball over. You know, which is what they did against Seattle a little bit with with the two Richie James fumbles, right? You know, 
can you keep that going over a nine-game stretch? Because you figure somewhere along the way, Jonathan, you're going to have that game where Daniel Jones gets a pass or two deflected at the line. It goes up in the air. There's an interception. Or he just has a bad game and throws or it to the other team. Yeah, it might yep. be his fault. It might not be his right. fault. Whatever the game might be. There's going to be a stretch. Yep. No quarterback goes through a year. Tom Brady has games like that during the year. Every quarterback does. DJ hasn't had one of those yet. It's going to come. And then how does this team handle that stretch when it comes? And I think that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. How can much, how much can they cons- continue to consistently play that clean football? Because if they do... They'll win enough games to make the playoffs. Yep. But if that stretch hits and it elongates a little bit, then you're going into dangerous territory. That's kind of how I'm thinking about the last nine games yep. of the year. And then you gotta see the good teams always respond to adversity, you know. And when you when you lose, that's adversity. A loss is adversity. And then listen, the 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 stuff that happened in the bye week, losing basically one of the best players on your defense, that's adversity too. So, you know, the teams that are good, they respond. Yeah, and this team hasn't really, in terms of on-the-field stuff, Jonathan, I don't think they've really hit a ton of adversity yet this year. I think year. Dallas game was adversity because it was like, oh, my gosh, we don't have an offensive line. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? You know, this Evan Neal's terrible. But they bounced blah, blah, blah. back from it quickly. They responded, though. That's right. what I'm saying. They responded right. to that loss with a whole, you know, a whole bunch, but it's some wins no, yeah. and some tough wins, some gritty, real physical battles. Dude, they you know? won four straight yep. after that game. yep. Yep, so they have responded. But now this is the second half of the season. Back when it was 16 games, it was easy to 4-4-4-4. Four, 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 four. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. Now there's an extra game, you know, but this is the second half of the season, especially after the bye. So this is the second half, the finishing nine. Let's see how the Giants do after halftime. And like we talked about, the Giants, the way they play, the way they have to play because of their, their roster, this is not a choice. Brian Day would love to win games by 21 points if he could. All these games are going to be close. So yeah. they can win every game. They can lose every yep. game if things don't go well. Yep. So every one of these games, you're walking in, and it's really going to be dependent on what team plays better. There are teams that can come in. I mean, look, and this is not disrespecting the Texans, but the Eagles showed up last Thursday against the Texans, played their C game. They they, they, they played their C game. Yep. Still won by 12 points. Yeah, because they're good. And if the, <laughs> Because they're really freaking good. If the Giants show up and play their C game, they're, lose. they're probably losing against any team in the National yes, Football League. I fully agree Unless with that. that team shows up and plays their right, D game right. or C game no, too I get or whatever. Your point, Schmucky. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Point. The Giants have to play well to yes, win. Every game. Yes. Every game. But I look, and I look at it like this. You know, people, you know, we talk about running the table and stuff like that. I don't think that's in the equation for the Giants. But it's more likely to end up them losing all of the games than them winning all of the games. That's where the Giants are at. You know, they're not I don't think they look. I think they're our overachieving team right now. Well, yeah, which they're is, six and one in one which score is, game, which is great. Which but is like, great. Use the momentum. Use what you got. The, the Giants have talent. You know, Daniel Jones is a very capable quarterback who has not made bad decisions this year, and you got to ride with that. You know, that's why I think Galladay is so important. You know, and we haven't really talked about the defense at all, and Go I'm ahead. sitting there looking at the defense, and it's like. Who's going to step up in place of Xavier McKinney? I, I love Love. I think Love is one of the better players in the division, I think, at that position. And, and he'll be wearing the green dot, by the way. And Yeah, week. and I think he's very capable to do that. I think it might be a little overwhelming for somebody that never did that before, but I think he's the guy to do it. I don't, I don't think there's anybody else on the roster 
literally nobody on that defensive roster that can do it besides him. Well, let me ask you then. You're, you've been in the middle of this on defenses. What happens when you lose your defensive play caller? How can that impact the, the, the rest of the players and the team as a whole? It just got to – simple. It's got to step up. People got to step up. And, and the most capable person to play McKinney's position, I think, is love. And then we have to see what other pieces. Belton, like who else is there to play love's position? Landon, is he going to play there? I mean, you know, Landon's – relatively new still to the system so he doesn't have a great grasp of it you know I mean just not really it's not really possible to do that without training camp without OTAs and stuff like that so I don't know we got to see who steps up and the other guys in the defensive line because our defensive line is solid you know and guys have to step up McKinney is a he can cover so much ground he has tremendous hips and you it's gonna be hard to replace him Love yeah. is a solid replacement, solid at best, but who's going to replace Love now? You know, so it's like he's moving over, but like Love made a lot of plays in that position that he was yeah, playing. Yeah, you know, this is a great question now. because this You actually reminded me of something Julian Love said in the locker room yesterday that I kind of raised an eyebrow and I'm like, hmm, that surprises me because he said, I'm going to have the green dot, but my role in terms of how they play their safeties isn't going to change. And I'm like, Really? Oh, uh, okay. Because Xavier McKinney's been the single. The single Giants high. generally yep. are a single high safety defense. Cover three, cover one. That's like 70% of their stats, right. right? That's McKinney. I thought before I heard Love's talk yesterday that Love would, which is what you just said too, yeah. Love would go take that single that makes high sense. role. That's why it makes sense. Right? He's got the most experience. He's the guy you trust not to blow coverages back there. He's a former cornerback. He's got 4-5 speed. He can go sideline to sideline. And he's calling the plays. So you want that guy up top seeing everything, right? But if he's going to stick to that more, you know, strong safety robber slot Which I didn't role, think that was going to happen. Neither did I. Now, yeah. now maybe he's not being honest and he's playing games here, which is also possible. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, see, I don't see Jason Pinnock as a sideline to sideline range guy. Mm -hmm. Landon, even when he was at his peak, wasn't that guy. Yep. And Dane Belton is more of a, you know, around the line of scrimmage. He played that star position yep. at Iowa, right? Yep. That, that you know, that kind of linebacker safety hybrid deal. So I think maybe Julian Love is putting some, like, messing around with some misinformation out there because I don't know who else you're putting as your single high free safety no, besides I, Julian I get Love. Because once you said that, that he's going to stay basically at, let's say, let's call it free safety, Xavier McKinney, strong safety, Love, right? Sure. Because free safety is the guy that stays back most of the time and cover one, cover three, all that stuff, single high safety stuff, right? This is the thing if, for, for you guys that don't know. When you play a single high safety, that other safety is down, meaning he could be on the opposite side of the field as somebody, whoever, right? And if, and, and if there's motion that happens, there's something that happens where you have to change the coverage. How do you change the coverage from literally one side of the field? You know, like he could be on the on the numbers, you know, playing coverage. How do you communicate to the backside corner? You know, and I, I play linebacker. That's a great point. And I've been on the outside where I had to communicate. It's very difficult to do. That's why the middle linebacker calls the defense because he's in the middle of the field and he doesn't really get removed from the middle of the field. So I, it's interesting to see, like, I'm so like, what is the defense going to do? You know, I'm so like, like, what are they going to do? How are they going to replace, you know, a star worth at safety? Look, McKinney's a good player, hey, man. McKinney's one of the three best players on this defense. Yeah, he man, just for is. sure. Yeah, and it's a huge loss, you know. And uh, look, I know he feels terrible about it. Oh, yeah. You know, I know he does. And we, we're not going to go into the details and stuff like that. You know, but it's, a, I think it's a, an example. You know, guys need to learn. Like, don't be, 
doing anything extra. You know, like I say, people ask me about what do you do for the bye week. Just you can get away from ball. You don't, you don't gotta go on vacation or nothing, but. Get away from ball, definitely get away from ball for like at least a day or two. Shut it off. Turn on family mode. Turn on dad mode, right? Turn on uh, teacher mode. Turn on community mode, right? Whatever it is that, you know, floats your boat and can uplift your spirit to get you away from ball and then have you feeling good about yourself, have you feeling good about your community, your family, your neighborhood, your, your whatever it is, you know, do that. You know, I'm not saying... He, he's wrong for traveling. I'm not saying that. But then you put yourself into, you know, a situation where you can possibly something can happen, you know, let alone you get hurt. You know, and I was listening to Bob Papa and Carl Banks and Papa made a great point. If you have to sign a waiver for something, you should probably not do it. You know, I think that's a good think way to live good. your life. Yeah, for sure. I and uh, and uh, we're talking about in season of stuff, of course. of course, you know, because you got to be back at practice in four, five, six days, mm -hmm. you know. And if anything happens, if you stub your toe, you're going to miss practice. You know what I mean? Like literally the little bit of stuff you can get hurt, you know, getting up out of bed. You can get hurt falling down the stairs. Right. That can happen. But when you got to sign a waiver, they're basically saying you have a not a high possibility, but there's a good possibility that you can get hurt because people have got hurt here. So probably shouldn't do that. So I'm sure if Xavier any can go of the back players, in time and right, if any I'm of the players sure. can take yeah. anything for this, is like mm -hmm. I think that's it. Like don't put yourself into a position where you kind of increase your chances of getting hurt. All right, let's go to uh, actually let's let's, uh, let, let's do some business here, Pearson, real quick. Giant fans, don't miss uh, Giants football at MetLife Stadium. Limited tickets are available for all remaining home games, including a matchup with the Eagles. Visit Giants.com/tickets to find your game this season and secure your seat. And the Giants official connected TV streaming app, Giants TV, brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV and the Giants mobile app. Now let's go to Ron in New Jersey. He's up next. Hey, Ron. Hey, guys. I really appreciate the show. I've been a season ticket holder for a long time, but I've learned a lot more nuance about football from both you guys and the callers. Oh, thanks, Ron. We appreciate that. Yeah. And you just took some of my thunder. Uh, first, I do feel bad for McKinney. I hope he gets better and back on the field quickly. But when it comes to being a captain, and you, I know you guys were just talking about it, does that mean you have to be on the field for every play? You know, what, what happens if you get hurt or whatnot? And what kind of latitude do you have to call audibles? Well, you, uh, does it matter because you're a new guy at it? You know, now, 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 you, now, you, now, you, now. You're talking about the guy wearing the green dot on defense, right? Yeah. That's what you're talking yes, about? Yeah. That's a good question yes. for John. John. Yeah. Well, usually there's a somebody else that has permission to get – because there's a different helmet you got to wear. Correct. You know, like right. when – like if if he comes out the game, somebody has to get another helmet that's in a box. Yeah, like Julian Love will have to switch yeah. helmets, right? He has to yeah. switch helmets, mm -hmm. right? Somebody has to okay. switch – because it can't be multiple green dots on the field at the same time. And literally when somebody with the green dot steps off the field, you have to go to equipment guys – Take out whoever's second that has the green dot. Take that helmet. It's a process, bro. It's definitely a process, but that's why you have your middle linebacker calling it or somebody that you know is not going to come off the field unless there's some type of injury. And then that gives you a little bit of time to go ahead and get this helmet and put it on. So, like, I, it, it's so – it's for me, I've been around it. You don't really see safeties with green dots, so that's an interesting thing. And then when that guy goes down, it's like, okay, the next guy coming in, Good question because it's like, can is Julian Love going to be on the field a hundred percent of the time for all the defensive snaps? Right, probably. I, that's, I think that's a good question. It's yeah. a great question, but that's the process with the green dot. There's another helmet there, but it's not on nobody's head. It's in the box because it's not but then, illegal. Or, or, 
Which is interesting mm-hmm. and, and makes it more difficult. But can can he call an audible then, or is it strictly what comes from the sideline you have to go with? No, I mean I I don't know the particulars of Wink and what he gives. You know, to you're the signal caller. Like, does he have the opportunity to audible? I would say yes. I get the sense that he probably gives his players some latitude. I would say yes. And then also, you don't have to have a green dot to call a defense. You know, there's there's still, you know, elementary school, peewee, pop Warner hand signals. They still have those. You know what I mean? Like, you can still do that. The wristbands are still present. Like, you know, I I go to a lot of high school games, and they're wearing wristbands, and they got the signs on the side. They still can. They're very capable of doing that. You don't have to have a green dot. Yeah, and I was talking to Jalen Smith on the Giants Little Podcast. That's going up tomorrow. And I asked him, well, how do you help now, right? Because he wore the green dot in Dallas when he was there. And I said, well, you don't have it now, and you got a new guy back there, so how do you help? And he goes, well, yeah, I, I get the call from him. But then I'm still the guy that has to, like, shift get the, the defensive front. line yep, in. Get the like, front. you know, sometimes you'll Got see, it. Ron, like, the middle linebacker come up behind the DT and, and like, give him a little, like, tap yep. on the right or left hip, mm-hmm. and then they right, kind of right. shift yep. over. So Smith, once he – or whoever the – maybe it's going to be Tate Crowder, whoever's in the game on that particular play. Or McFadden. That's still – or Michael McFadden. It's their responsibility then to take that call – and then they're adjusting yep. the front. Got to regurgitate it so to the line So to John's sure. point, yep. it's not just the guy with the green dot that can make those changes. You're going to trust your guys on all three levels to make whatever changes they have to. Yep, yep, for sure. Okay, excellent. Mm-hmm. Pr- appreciate that, guys. No doubt. Thank Let's you, Ron. Go, go Giants. Appreciate go the Giants. call, man, and thanks for listening. Thanks for being a season ticket holder. To, to I guess, re-engage that point, um, th- that whoever has a dot is changing the defense. Like, Jalen's not going to change the – Defense, like no, he coverage. might he might shift. He can a definitely change position. the front. He can definitely right. do that. But he can it, definitely change yeah, the front. But, yeah, but he he's not calling a blitz he, or he going can't. to a cover like two. He, no, you he can't. can't. Whoever's right. the signal caller has to do that. And I've played on teams where I was a signal caller, and I played on teams where I wasn't a signal caller. And even though I might have known more or possibly had a better grasp of the defense than the, the middle linebacker, you couldn't. Do I it. can't call. I can't switch the defense. I can't do it. You now, know? could you say something to him? And Absolutely. Him? Okay. I would tell I him, like, get in this coverage. Bro, get in this. Or get in this. Check this. You know? But th- not to say I couldn't do it, but it just it throws everything off. Because now you got somebody else. Who am I listening to here, right? Am I yeah, listening to him? It's like, I listening who's, to him? Yeah. who's in charge here? You know, there's whoever has the green dot, they're in charge of the defense. That's what it is. And then, of course, you got guys that's yelling out uh, uh, the fronts down in distance and all that. It's a huge thing. When defenses are communicating, especially on the road, when you can actually talk and hear, not at home, the home you want to not hear because you want the crowd loud, right? So you got, you know, signals and all that. But if you turn the, the crowd off and you just actually can hear, there's a lot of communication that goes on on every play, especially if the offense is shifting and moving yeah. and motioning and stuff like that. There's a lot of coverage. You're going from coverage to coverage. Your front shifting. You might shift the front. You might change the whole power. Your safeties might shift. Like, there's a lot of things that happen, and you have to be able to communicate. And I think that's my main thing. It's like the guys that are here, Xavier McKinney's gone, love. Who else is in here? Can they keep up that con- consistent communication? Because if you have bad stuff going on and bad communication on the back end, that's when you have free receivers running. And I don't think the the Texans, even with Cooks in the lineup, I don't think they have the receivers to actually beat consistently the Giant players down the field because the, the corners are playing well for the Giants. They are. I think Adoree Jackson one of the better players in the NFL and I imagine, that position. And I imagine he'll get Cooks, and I imagine much like they gave Fabian Moreau, D.K. Metcalf, He'll get Nico Collins he did, because he did a because good that, job too. He did a nice job, he did a good, especially DK early in the day. game. Now he's fortunate that Gino did airmail that one yep. where he got Metcalf got behind them. But no, look, Fabian Morrow's done a hell of a job, yep. man. He's been great. Yep. So I would expect 
It's Jackson on Cooks, and it'll be Moreau on Nico Collins, with both guys with speed, by the way. And, you know, to your point, I think maybe the best thing the Giants defense has been good at this year has been preventing the big play in the past game. Yes. Which has been something Wink's defenses in the past have had issues with. I th- now, and I don't want to freak out Giant fans, but I think a big part of that was Xavier McKinney. A hundred percent. So but how, then what? now what happens? That's that's my whole point is like, all right, who's going to take over for the guy that can actually cover sideline and sideline? Love is good, but I don't know if he's capable of doing that. That has a lot to do with genetics <laughs> and how fast <laughs> you run. It's not always about how smart you are all the time. You know, like mm-hmm. I think Love is very capable of doing it, but is he physically blessed with the tools that McKinney had to make the defense like – I don't want to say calmer, but like a lot more handleable. Hand, hand, I don't know. What's, what's a good word? Like he controlled the defense and he makes the defense more complete. There you go. Mm-hmm. With him being able to have his range that he that he has. And then Love was a piece of that defense. But now Love has to, I don't know. See, I'm, hopefully he moves there because I think he's capable of doing it. I don't know. We'll see. 201-939-4513. Let's go to Scott, New Mexico. He's up next. Hey, Scott. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Good, man. Thank you. Uh I wanted to go over a a defensive issue. Uh, Right now, the Giants rank 20th in average sacks per game, uh, 2.0. There's only one other team that's worse than them that actually has a winning record. That's Miami. And all the other teams, the Rams, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Arizona, Carolina, Cincinnati, Detroit, Chicago, Atlanta, Las Vegas, all have less sacks per game. The only outlier is maybe Cincinnati that might make the playoffs. The rest of those teams are not going to. And so my question to you guys is how do we improve that? Because we're blitzing a lot, and it brings me also to a concept I have, and I wanted to buy you, Jonathan, since you've played defense. I always think that if you have an interior pass rush, it forces teams to, to react to that, and it allows your edge rushers to have a, you know, a better system because the pressure up the middle really causes the quarterback a lot of grief. And I wanted to know, we know Dexter Lawrence is playing lights out right now, but the player I have in mind that I'm interested in is Leonard Williams. Uh, I don't know how hurt he is, uh, but if he could have a good second half of the season and create that interior pass rush, do you believe the Giants defensively will become a better team and allow their uh, other players, you know, the linebackers and the the, uh, safeties, to be more efficient in what they do? Because if you're not getting to the quarterback, uh, then there's chances of uh, winning a lot of games is not that great. So I wanted to get your assessment of where the Giants are and how to improve that, because they're blitzing a lot. And so you would think they would have more sacks, but they don't. And the teams that are leading the league in sacks per game are the teams you expect. Thank you, Scott. Great, uh, call, man. great point. Yeah, great point. And, and look, look, I don't think Leonard Williams has played up to his capabilities this year. He was great against Seattle. That yeah, was by yeah. far his best, best game of the year. He was yeah, fantastic. For sure. Remember, he was hurt for like three or four And that's what I was going to say. Time. He was injured. So the bye week, I think, is going to be helpful for a lot of guys coming back. Uh, Aziz, hopefully. Is he is he up this week? Is he out? I, I don't know Ojalari his status. I don't know his status. still on injured reserve, if I'm not I mistaken. I like him so much. I want to see him playing. 
You know, that's a really good Check question. Check his status. Yeah, and, I'm 99 percent sure he's on injury reserve. Of, I have to see when he gets off of that. Halfway through the season, like you're feeling your injuries. You know, you're you're feeling you know the bruises and stuff. So I think the bye week came at a perfect time for the Giants. You got a lot of guys who maybe not been reporting injuries, but you know they have stuff going on—a a sore knee, right. you know what I mean, a finger, Ojolari was placed on injured reserve on the 23rd, so that was right before the Jaguar game. So he has to miss the Jaguar game, the Seahawks game I think the bye week counts right in terms of missed yes. weeks for injured reserve yes. so the bye week then the Texans so his earliest he can get back is the Lions game okay I, I mean I want to see that kid play man he's so talented you know and I know Frankly, injuries and, and, uh. I, and I know Thibodeau is the fifth overall pick I think Ojolari is the better pass rusher right now yeah right now especially with uh, him having that big old knee yep. brace on mm-hmm. Kayvon Thibodeau you know that always look yeah you're protecting the knee but he's not the same guy I'm sorry like you just you're not the same guy when you get hurt early in the season with a lower body injury that you're protecting the entire year. Right. It's just not happening. Mm-hmm. He's doing rehab every day, you know, because it's not where it's supposed to be at. So hopefully he's healthier. You know, hopefully this this bye week was good for him, and we see a little more explosion like we've seen uh, from him in college. You know, and in, in, the, in the things that he done, uh, you know, his, in Oregon, and that's the reason why he got drafted so high, right? right? And and the defensive line, and I've been saying this over and over and over again because this is the New York football Giants identity. The defensive line has to be dominant in order for the Giants to win. So Leonard Williams has to be a dominant force. Dexter Lawrence, I think he's stepping into that mode. Oh, he's, he's getting Jahab there. Jahab Ward is contributing mm-hmm. tremendously in both run and pass games. They also just lost Nicholas Williams. He's actually been a low-key pretty good yeah, player for them. For, this for year. sure. Mm-hmm. And But they have to have not just two guys, three guys. It has to be five to six defensive linemen that are contributing on a consistent basis. That way, Leonard Williams is not playing 100% of the snaps because you can't do that at the yeah. defensive line. I mean, and Dexter's been in the 80 to 90% tile a like, lot. We I mean, wanna, he's, he's 340 but now. That's, that's what tough. I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah we right. want him in the game a lot. Yeah, you want him playing a lot, but it's not really – they're going against 320-pounders every single play. You were on the team the year JPP was playing like 90% of the snaps, right? Yeah, man. And look, it, JPP's a mutant, though. Well, he he's, also, a, he's a free He also show. blew That's his true. hand off <laughs> and played playing. football, yeah, yeah. right? And played well, you know, by the way. Yeah, right. And then broke his neck and then came back, too. He's yeah. a mutant. He's a whole anomaly <laughs> in itself. You know, there's not really many two people out there like him. But – you know the the D line. In order for the Giants to have success for the rest of the year, especially with the injuries that they got on the back end, they have to be dominant. Yeah. They have to be able to stop the run and move this quarterback from the pocket, and that has to go week in and week out every single week. Yes, it. it the defensive line is uh, you. You have to is required a lot from defensive line to play for the New York Giants, and it's demanded that they play well because. That's what the Giants are all about. That's what the Giants have built their culture on for decades. Yeah. So it has to happen. And if it doesn't happen, the Giants are not going to fare well for the second half of the season. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Now, I'm going to throw this theory out there. You tell me if it's half-baked or if it has a little bit of legitimacy to it. I was thinking about this during the bye week. The Giants blitz a lot. I think they have the second. I can look it up. I think it's first. First or second highest blitz rate in the league. Now, I would like to see their pressure rate higher. It's only 29%. It's 25th. So that's 
that's got to go up. Right. But here's my half-baked theory. You tell me if it's, it's, if it's fully baked or not baked at all. I think blitzing will sometimes bring your sack numbers down. Mm. Because teams and quarterbacks, at least good ones, will see that pressure coming, and it'll motivate them to get rid of the ball quicker. Mm. While if you're sending four, the quarterback's going to sit there and be like, I got oh, a little time. I got some time here. Yep. I'm going to take that time to make that second or third read. Yep. And then if my left tackle gets beat, well, I'm just going to get sacked. Yep. So I think the purpose of the blitz, and, and you talk about this all the time, isn't necessarily to get a sack. It's to force the quarterback right. out of doing what he wants right. to do. Get him out of so mm-hmm. now, again, I would like to see more pressure off of those blitzes. So I think Scott's overall point is 100% correct. You want to see more of that. But I do think, even if you go back to Ravens' defenses under Wink in Baltimore, they were never like top five in the league in sacks, right? They were never that high. I don't think. I'll go back and double-check it. So I think in some ways all those blitzes sends a signal to the quarterback, yo, get that ball, get the out. ball out, and then it's kind of tough to get home. Yeah, and then but the back end has to tackle well, right? Huh? You have to tackle well in the back end because the ball is getting out quick. The ball is getting out faster, and there are completions in front of 10 yards, and you know you got safeties back there that have to tackle well. But look, the, the, the teams that lead the league in sacks every year are teams that rush four. That's, Just, the, that's your point that you were making, The Schmel. Bills have the most sacks in the league. And they, they have the rush lowest blitz rate in all of football. They only rush four. Mm-hmm. And I was, that was literally thinking of that team, the Bills, because they literally rush four and they play coverage. That's what a, a great defense is made of. On like, like when you think about like schemes, a great defense is made of a, a four-down lineman that can get to the passer you remember at all times. when Jim Schwartz was the defensive coordinator for the Eagles? Yes. They never blitzed. Yes. They just did that wide nine and sent yes. four. They were always at the top of the league mm-hmm. in sacks. But that's that's what a solid roster would do for you, a healthy roster would do for you. And the Giants aren't there yet. Right. That's what right. I'm saying. They don't, they don't have that yet. So you do have to scheme up blitzes, scheme up pressure. And literally, like you're not, like you said, you're not looking for a, a sack every single time, but you're looking to throw the offense off a of rhythm. You're looking for the quarterback to move off his spot. And maybe you'll blitz right into a run play every now and again. You know, so it happens. But I would like to see more corner blitzes because – Offensive linemen don't don't they don't really count those corners, especially if the the Houston Texans are going to condense formations when they're going to try to run the ball a lot, and you got a corner just sitting right there like five yards from the you know from the ball or the safety either right. one right. Mm-hmm. But the corners are more likely to be not counted in the front coverage. That's why you see Jalen Ramsey with a few sacks. Like they don't really count for those guys. Yeah, you know? bring 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 Darnay Holmes out of the slot. Yeah, right? man. Yeah, bring him out. You, you know, and, you. and and watch how free and and honestly I've seen some DBs get free. But you gotta send the blessed blitzer. Can't miss any steps. You know, cause there's a lot of times DBs blitz and it's like he shouldn't be blitzing. That's not the guy you should send on the blitz. He's he's timid, he's crawl he's 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 tiptoeing in there and he doesn't get there and he's free. He's free. Do you know how many D linemen <laughs> would pay to be free to the quarterback? You guys need to look at Jonathan's face right now. He's in pain thinking yeah. about it, not being the free guy. Oh, that's funny. All right, we got two calls. Let's get to them. Guy in Pennsylvania is up next. Hey, Guy. Uh, good, good morning, uh, or I guess it's afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, yes, I have a, a couple uh, things I'd like maybe you to console me on. Uh we lost three players right now that are pretty significant. The, the young tight end, Neil, at, at the tackle spot in McKinney. Yeah. Uh, th- that's quite dramatic to my way of thinking. And it was telling 
in the game in uh, Seattle where we don't really score a touchdown. Uh, so uh, now we, you know, we need chunk plays. We need all these things, and that brings me to the question. I'm like, maybe you could. I'll take this off the air. Sure. Uh, we gave up on Tony, who could possibly scare somebody, and we're going to count on Galladay to give us probably journeyman work at best. So uh, uh, maybe you can give me some insight as to how uh, how we're looking at things. And I, and I'll take your co- the comment off the air. Thank you, guy. Appreciate the call. Um, look, I just think they tried to get something out of Tony this year. Yeah, they tried. And yeah, he has a unique skill set that no one else on the roster has. Come, you know, he to quote you, he looks different when mm-hmm. he runs. Mm-hmm. Dude looks different. But you know when he doesn't look different? <laughs> when he's in street clothes during the damn game because he can't play because he's hurt. And that's been his like last year of his young career. Yeah. So I get it. I didn't like look, I I don't like giving up on first round picks. Yeah, I I agree, and but that, I think they had. I think it was the best for both parties. Yeah, at that it, point. I think it was a you know addition by subtraction. You know, and and I always said even when he was on the roster that the Giants have capable players at that position to do damage. You know, and he was one of the guys I was talking about. You move him away from the Giants, like I said, I think it was an addition by subtraction. And then you look at the culture of the Giants and what they're trying to do. I think that's the most important thing here. I think the Giants are trying to still continue establish that culture. Who are we going to have with us? Yeah. Moving forward, that fits with this culture. Good point. And you're not looking in the future. You're looking here. You're being present. But you're also game planning for next year. You're also p- putting yourself in position to make plays next year. But I know people be like, oh, you know, the Giants aren't really worried about this year. Yes, they are. The Giants are worried about the next game. Because that's what you need to do to win an NFL. You can't be looking down, you know, the road at the draft or whoever's coming up at quarterback or who's in free agency. you got to worry about who you're playing this week. And I'm telling you, the Giants have the coaches, Joe Shane, they're worried about this game. And that's the biggest thing, and that's the only thing they're worried about. Their guys getting healthy, their guys staying out of trouble, their guys performing well and playing the next team. That's what they're worried about. Hey, look, and the, this Giants team is going to have trouble scoring points. Like, yes. Points are not going to come easy for this team. That's just It's been that way the first half of the year. I mean, I shouldn't be breaking news for people right. here. And that's just the way this season's going to go. They're going to try to win with defense, win with, you know, not turning it over, things like that. They have three players in my mind, Jonathan, and then we'll get to our final caller, that I feel they're capable of making a big play. Obviously, Saquon Barkley, he's like 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D, 1D, 1F, and G, and H, and I, and J, and K. Go to the 10th player. Yeah, correct. <laughs> now we're player 11. <laughs> um, you have Darius Slayton, who was speed to win over the top. You saw that early against Jacksonville, right? When Jacksonville? he was single yep, high, so. when he singled up yep. on the outside, one deep for a touchdown from about thirty drive. yards out. Yep. yep. And then the third guy, and we haven't seen it quite yet. He's been more of a possession guy. Wandell's got Wondell. some juice. Mm-hmm. Like you get him into some space. Maybe he's not quite Kadarius Tony, but he's got juice. Yeah. So those are the three guys that I think you can think about that all right, you get the ball in these guys' hands, they can make something happen for you, and that's who they're gonna depend on because again, I'm in the wait-and-see mode with Galladay. Yeah, no, I'm with you with that. And and I agree with you with your three. I don't really have another guy that I could really throw in there, you know. And um, it's I think when you, when you say it like that, look, Daniel Jones has to play well. You know, Daniel Jones has to continue to protect the football. And if there's a throw there, he has to make it. In, he yeah, can't afford to right. miss throws. Right, and I think still you still got to stretch that field out. Who are you throwing the ball to downfield? Yeah. I'm going to consistently say that until they show that they can do that. 
because that opens the offense up. You know, you got two, they're playing cover two. Those safeties are sitting hard and they're ready to break on routes that are underneath them. And to your point, you don't have to complete them. Just, just don't. throw them. Just get them so they're not them. driving on those yeah. plays. Where Look, Daniel Jones, I think that dig route, the crossing route that goes literally 90 degree across the field, deep down the field, that's a very difficult throw to make. Like if you're ever just running around, a deep ball is easy to throw. You know, when you're playing around with your friends. Have your friend run 15 yards and cr- across the field as fast as he can. It's very hard to hit that window. Daniel Jones has been making those passes. No, he's a, that's he's actually those that passes. actually is one of his better throws. That's I think. what I'm saying. And it's, it's a, a tough throw because you have to layer up yes. behind the linebackers in and in front, front of the, the safeties. safeties. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's been making those throws. But like, if you can stretch the ball down the field, it literally buys you a, a yard or two yeah. of a window, and that definitely helps the Giants attack in the middle of the field because it's an easy read. When you when you're looking in the middle of the field, you two three one two three, and you're just looking at targets in the middle, and you're looking on the outside going in and then back to the outside. That's a little more of a difficult read. But when you're reading the middle of the field, especially playing cover two, where you have to attack the middle of the field, having a deep shot early in the game, completing a deep shot early in the game, that really opens it up for all underneath routes and def- definitely for the run game as well. All right, final caller is Marty and Manahawk. You know, wrap us up today. Hey, Marty. Hey, John, how are you? Uh, before I start, let's give a happy birthday to the Marine Corps today. Oh, yeah. All right. Absolutely. Uh, what is that? Uh, two, uh, shoot, I saw it earlier. 247? 247, exactly. Nice, Smokey. Nice job, bro. John, I wanted Smokey's to representing, too. Oh, yeah, I got this Smokey got his fatigue today. on right now, guys. He got his fatigue <laughs> on. <laughs> John, I wanted to compliment you on the show. Uh, the draft season with uh, Crocker and... Uh, Tony Pauline. Yeah. Uh, I found it to be pretty entertaining because I, I, it seemed like it might have been the first show of the season. It seemed like it was like what we used to call in college. We used to call it a survey course, like Business 101 was a survey course. And that's how I found that to be. You touched on everything. And I'm hoping that uh, as we go through now, you're going to go deeper into the uh, more or less the positions uh, of, of these players. Yeah, Marty, stuff. basically uh, what, what, what we've been doing on draft season, I think this is our that was our fourth show, I think, Pearson, something like that. We've been going kind of once every three weeks, just kind of updating college football, who's been playing well, to get ready for the draft. So that's kind of going to be the format until we get past the football regular season, Marty, and then we're going to start digging a little bit more into the actual position groups. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, John. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. And, uh, you know, keep up the good work. Oh, I wanted to know what uh, – How'd you make out with the uh, after the buy? You were supposed to do something with the uh, with the programming. Uh, what program? What are you talking about? Oh, the oh. The, uh, yes, we video? are. Yes, think- yes, we are, Marty. I, I'm told we are one. Pearson tells me we're one step closer. Is that correct, Pearson? We are technically one step closer to 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 getting this on video again. Excellent. At- and then you can see these great facial expressions that that oh, that. Oh, we talking about this make. show. I'm uh-huh. sitting there like, what are we talking about here, guys? Yes. What are we talking about? On the oh, show, yeah. that's correct. I look good on TV, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can see all his gyrations when he's like lifting his arms up and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. You can see it. It'll be fun. Yes, but ho- I'm hoping, Marty, within a week or two, that might nice. be happening. That'll be good. I can watch it on the Roku then. Yeah, absolutely. Check it out on your Giants TV app. There no question, go. Marty. You are promoting draft season. Nice, You're promoting man. Giants TV. I'll send you the check, bro. It'll only be about like 55 hey. cents, but it'll be a check. <laughs> hey, I'll take some of the action. That's <laughs> okay. Go, baby. Thanks, Marty. Be good, man. 
Oh, that's funny. All right, final thoughts, Jonathan, before... Uh, and obviously, you can hear Jonathan on the pregame show at 11.30 on Sunday. I'll be out there, too, at MetLife Stadium. But final thoughts on the game before we say goodbye. Well, I'm looking for somebody to step up, you know? And I say somebody, I mean people. You know, who are gonna, who's going to step up, you know? Especially that receiver room. The receiver room is like a big question mark the whole year. And you thought you had an answer in Slayton. He had, a, you know, a good showing against Jacksonville. And then Wondell Robinson comes healthy. And it's like... Who's going to be there consistently, week in and week out? Who's going to make the plays week in and week out? And then defensively, who's going to step up for Xavier McKinney? You know, if if Love's going to move back and play that free safety, deep safety type position, who's going to step up and play underneath it? Is it a group of guys? Is it a gambit of guys? Or, you know, who is going to be? And the defensive line, look, I'm not saying they have to step up because they have played well this year, you know, but I think they do have to step up because the Giants – have to be dominant. They have to have a dominant defensive line to win. That's just culture. That's what the Giants have been all about. And this uh, coaching franchise, this coaching uh, regime, mm-hmm. I think they want to embody what the New York football Giants is all about. So the defensive line has to step up. Look, they're playing well. And I'll say this too. The, the Texans got a couple good safeties and mm-hmm. Tunsil and Titus Howard yep. who's played well. Their guards and their guards in center. Abuse him. You can get to him a little Abuse bit. Abuse him. Mm-hmm. You know, because Dexter Lawrence, man, he's having a great year. Mm-hmm. Leonard Williams, one of the better players in the National Football League. And you got some talented guys in the pass rushing on the outside. Let's dominate somebody up front this week, right? Let's dominate this offensive line. I don't know if it's 2022 or 1982, but I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth. Which running back's going to make the big plays in this game and, and, and be a difference maker? You know, it's crazy to say it, but. This is probably not going to come down to Davis Mills and Daniel Jones unless one of them makes a couple mistakes that might cost their team. But is Saquon going to get a couple 20, 30, 40-yard runs? Or is Damian Pierce going to get a couple 20, 30, 40-yard runs? Because both guys are capable of it, and that's what's going to control this game. Which defense can stop the one, and which running back is going to make a couple of those big dynamic plays to help their team score some touchdowns? And if Big Blue Nation, if you don't know about this rookie running back in Texas, in Houston, he's fun. This guy runs angry he's a violent runner i think he broke eight tackles in one play yeah it was crazy versus jacksonville 17 18 total broke tackles in one game the guy is a very physical running back he is capable of doing some damage because the giants aren't that good up front stopping the run either so look at against it be or the barkley versus pierce show this weekend and look i'm all here i'm here for it you know i'm here for i'm be there watching the game and Hopefully he doesn't get off, but, man, the kid's very capable, just to let you guys know. It's maybe one of those games that's like two hours and 40 minutes because right, they quick. just running and running Quick. and running and running and running it. <laughs> we'll see. All right, check out JC on the pregame show on Sunday, 1130 WFAN. If you're at the game, come out to MetLife Central. We'll be outside. Check, check us, us out. out. baby. Uh, we're going to have a salute to service interview with uh, with an admiral who's going to come nice. by the show, too, at 1140, so we'll do that. And uh, then we'll get ready for Giants and Texans. For Jonathan Casillas, I am John Schmelk. And, of course, tomorrow we're back for one more episode of Big Blue Cookout Club Live at 12.30 with Paul and Lance. We'll see you then. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.